Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Podcast One presents House of Kim with Kim Zolciak Bierman. Join Kim, her husband, and six children as she shares her journey to success and the positive mentality that brought her there. Come on in and make yourself at home. Now, here's your host, Kim Zolciak Bierman. Welcome to this episode of House of Kim. Welcome to this episode. It's going to be a big one. Um, you guys, have you had the flu? I've never had the flu. Knock on some wood. The only real had the flu last year or this year, this year, because Croy kicked her out and wanted to go to. A, she made her well, go to was, a hotel. It was last year, twenty nineteen, towards the fall. Yeah, yeah. So Kaya looked really bad. So we were at Mohegan Sun um, doing an appearance Friday night. Came home late Saturday night, and Kaya. And KJ actually looked really bad to me. And then Sunday, Kaya just did not look good. So Croy took her and KJ to like the man, the children's hospital, basically the little satellite children's hospital. And Kaya was diagnosed with the flu. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like Braille and Ariana have never had the flu as kids. I've never had it. Like, so that kind of freaked me out. And then, um, so they didn't believe in Tamiflu or whatever, and I just had read an article about a, a mother who lost her four-year-old who had the flu and she was trying to do like homeopathic stuff. And so children's didn't give Kaya Tamiflu. They said, unless you're like two and under or like, what was it over something like 60. 65 or you're around somebody who has a compromised immune system or very, very elderly um, or very, very young that they could obviously uh, transmit the flu too, then they want to shorten the duration of uh, symptoms and contagiousness of it. Right. So, so they didn't, she didn't fit any of those categories. So right. Like, oh, so sure. I called my, call my pediatrician, Dr. Khan, who I've been with for like 20, 21 years since Brielle was two. Yep. And um, I love her. I respect her. I heed all of her advice. And so I called her and was like, hey, I don't feel right about this. Like, I actually really think, you know, she needs this Tamiflu. Like, she's in really bad shape. She hadn't eaten for 24 hours. Her fevers were pretty high. We were putting her in the bath. Um, Which is what they recommend to do, too. They said follow up with your pediatrician in the morning to yeah. make sure that uh, – right. Oh, I love children's hospital. Oh, yeah. No, I think right. they're the, the greatest no. thing on earth. Yep. They're amazing here in Georgia. So – um, she called in Tamiflu for Kaya and that was that. Well, by the time we had, she had called it in and we had picked it up. Um, it was basically Monday morning, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It was Monday morning. So now it's cane, like 104. It comes up with bright red cheeks. Like, Oh yeah. Like a red tomato and his eyes are just like puffy and. He looks like a zombie walking up the stairs. Like, we're like Kane, you okay? Yeah, he goes, I'm good. I'm good. And he's not. He and we're like, literally Kane, looks are you terrible. Sure? He's no. like, yeah. And, I'm th- and then he like 
you see him kind of start to get like teary eyed. Yeah. He's my tough one. He never wants anybody to know. I guess they're all tough. And I'm like, well, what's the but, matter? And then he just breaks burst down. out crying. And he's like, my, my head, head hurts. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, buddy, really? 104. He's like, yes. I'm like, well, let's get some Tylenol. We got medicine for that. And okay, okay, you know and. So I called Dr. Khan and I knew it because these two are never apart. In fact, Kane was laying on Kaya's chest, like, and watching some movie together um, just the day before. So I knew that Kane as well. So I picked up a Tamiflu for both the kids, gave them their first dose. Um, Kaya kind of turned around pretty quickly just with, like, that dose. She still was dragging ass. Uh, Kane, not so much. Um, he. He's been the tough one. Uh, we've been in the bathtub at three o'clock in the morning and we've been getting up every two hours to check his temperature and it's been a fun ride in the Beerman. So yep. I'm going to tell you about the thing that really, really helped. Um, but listen, as a mom, I know people are on the fence about Tamiflu. They give it, they don't give it. Um, they believe in it. They don't believe in it. Here's the thing about this, right? The side effects to me weren't as severe as kind of the situation these kids were in. So we opted to give it to them. Well, Here's the here's the kicker too. So because Kane and Kai didn't fit any of those categories, which is fine. Don't don't um, don't necessarily have to give it to them, but it's an option and it's a virus. So unlike a, a bacteria, where if you're given antibiotics, you need to finish the entire round of antibiotics to make right. sure that you kill that bacteria and that it doesn't become a superbug or all those things. The the virus, your body has to fight it. This is just going to help it. So. If you give the child or the person a dose of the Tamiflu and they have a side effect, they get the throw up or they get the extreme diarrhea or they get the hallucinations, then you can, you don't have to give it to them again. You just, they'll, they'll, those symptoms will subside. They'll no longer have the diarrhea. They'll no longer keep throwing up. Right. It's just that they're going to have to go at, on their own and not have some help with the Tamiflu. You know what yeah, I mean? Like and here's the, I think they said five, five and under and they just turned six, but Kaya's literally a bag of bones. Like she's so tiny and Kane's not, you know, he's definitely much bigger than her, but, or weighs more than her. But, um, I'm, yeah, I just, as a you mom, know, so, you know, so the lady in, in that lost her child, unfortunately, um, you know, tried that homeopathic method and, um, and lost her four year old. So, I just read that like last week. And so I mentioned that to my doctor. She's like, yeah, I saw that too. So anyways, I'm a mom. I know there's mom police out there and stuff, but um, that's a decision that we made and they're doing really, really well. Yeah, they had no side effects. They had no side effects, thank God. Um, and we'll be talking, the golden nugget's going to be the savior of the flu and high fevers, but right. we'll get into that in a minute. Okay, you guys, Mohegan Sun was so much fun in Connecticut. Um, it's cold, which was amazing. It was very cold. Like it was bitter cold. No, 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 no. <laughs> you're, you're being ridiculous. I love it. I, um, I landed at Bradley International Airport, which is actually the town that I grew up in. So we stopped by McDonald's, which was my first job, Subway, and a couple other places I've yet to post because it had flu. a facelift though. Yeah, I had a facelift. Yep. I don't know. You, if you're from the north, then you know what Friendly's is. And did they not have, and I don't even like ice cream, the best peanut butter cup sundaes and the best mozzarella sticks ever? So we went to Friendly's. I took a picture for Tracy because she loves that place too. She keeps trying to get me to bring Friendly's down here. First, they have a drive through now. And second, their menu is exactly the same. Exactly the same. So you can also go in and sit down. That place, you there was it's standing like room only in that place. Like, <laughs> I swear to you. <laughs> 
And so we went through the drive-thru and their mozzarella sticks were just like I remember it, just a mini version. They were out of this world. I was like, Croy, try it, try it, try it. Like you have to try these. Um, they're, I never, I don't like ice cream. So I, I realized once I ordered the Sunday that all I would ever eat anyways was pretty much the, the peanut, peanut butter and the chocolate. So, um, a cup of peanut butter and chocolate. <laughs> I was so happy. And so then, um, I stopped by all my little places that I worked. I've worked at every fast food restaurant, like back then that ever existed. So including Taco Bell, which I didn't stop at cause that was in a different town. But, and then I drove by my childhood home and took a picture and my parents, you know, they kept the house like in tip top shape and it was like perfect. Like you could eat off the floors. Every little curtain was perfect. I, I realized where I get like my OCD stuff with the house and, mm-hmm. and all that. My mom was definitely into that. Yeah. Now it's kind of run down, like shit's falling off and it's like, damn, so anyways, I stopped by to see my uncle Fred and I didn't tell him I was coming. So he's not bi- he's not blood related to me. I grew up with his daughter Melissa. Um and their last name starts with a Z and it's very close to Zolciak, which is kind of funny. Um but I grew up with his daughter Melissa and they just were like my adopted parents. They were like super fun and super cool and um I don't know, I just always loved them. And so last time when I was in Connecticut, I stopped to see them and they knew that I was coming. And we've talked, um, my aunt Debbie is a registered nurse at St. Francis hospital. I think she runs the whole floor and shit and shebang. She's super smart. So during my stroke and stuff like that, we talked a lot and they helped me kind of make decisions and all that good stuff. So anyways, I said, you know what, let's just stop by. Let's just stop by. So I had a little bit of time before we had to get to my appearance at the casino. And so we drove by and it looked pretty dark and I was like, damn, they're not here. And so then, um, I knocked on the door. I rang the doorbell. I had Croy kind of filming to the side, but we didn't get like his voice and his real reaction. I should have had Nikki or somebody do it. That was with me. But anyways, he comes to the door and he's like, no way. He just starts freaking out. And of course crying. He's like the sweetest person ever. We must've hugged 10 times standing there talking, took some pictures together and I mean, we just, he gave me Russell Stover's a big heart that said, I love you on it. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I miss, I miss the people. I feel like up North that are just that I grew up with. And then I just, I don't know. I just, it's a feeling. I don't want to move back there. I, I feel like it looks really dreary, but Atlanta's not much better right now. But, um, yeah, I just like the people there. I, I like, I definitely like fit in with the North for, you know, like I'm definitely from the North. The, the Ford is tossed around like it's like hello you know like you got your fucking luggage in your car you need my help you know it's like kind of that kind of thing so down here in the south it's like skirt don't say that after decades of making our name as a nation's leading carryout only pizza chain little caesars is proud to announce its latest venture delivery for years they've brought customers delicious pizza at ridiculously good prices so look out world something delicious is coming little caesars has huge news they really do deliver now. From the creators of the $5 hot and ready pizza and the extra most bestest comes the latest and greatest pizza innovation, having it brought to your doorstep. Crazy, crazy amounts of topping at the nation's best price now delivered. You can get the same Little Caesars pizza you love brought right to your door. Order it online or on the Little Caesars app. Now you don't even have to leave your house to enjoy our hot, delicious pizza. Claim of the nation's best price is based on the comparison of the following pizza for the top four national pizza chains. Little Caesars custom top pizza with up to five of our toppings and the other three pizza chains comparable large round standard menu custom top pizza sold at everyday menu prices. Delivery available at participating locations only. Delivery 
delivery fees apply. So anyways, that was really, really sweet. And I asked him, which is going to pertain to the rest of our podcast continuing from last week, what is your secret to marriage? I think he said next month it'll be 40 years Mm -hmm. that him and Debbie have been married. He said, you know, she's my best. He was smiling so big, you guys. (laughs) You know, she's my best friend. She's, She's everything. She's my best friend. He said, she's so funny. He's like, you know what? Just laugh. I said, okay, well, I'm going to say that in my podcast. And he said, yeah, I'm serious. Make sure you, you know, you laugh and you have fun together. That's really, really important. That's like the most important. So that was kind of cute. And then I headed off to Mohegan Sun and, um, that was really, really great. Um, our security guy, Brian was like the bomb. And so he was Chloe, Chloe Kardashian's security guy too. And, I do feel like Chloe and I are twins for sure, but um, he was saying some things. It's just, yeah, we're very similar. So I sent her a picture too, which was kind of funny that we both had the same kind of team or this, this guy's like the head guy. So he doesn't yeah, always do it. Yeah. Anytime somebody comes in. No, he doesn't always do it. Makes, he said. Uh, oh, an appearance. appearance. Yeah. Right, right, right. Or does an event at the, I guess their stadium or their arena that they have there. Mm-hmm. He is, he's works side by side with those people. Right. Yeah. So we did our appearance and he's, he's definitely built for the job too. No, he's so friggin' nice. Yeah. Like I just love him. Well, let me just say you guys, I had been drinking wine, like kind of between my stops and stuff and then went to the casino. And as soon as I got there, like I can't stay away. I love the casino so very much. And, um, kind of Croy can't relate. Like he just can't. So as soon as like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. I just want to get to the slot machine. And so it's been a minute since I've gambled. Um, and so I played, I hit pretty quickly and I was like, I love those top dollar machines, you guys. Um, so I hit top dollar pretty quickly. And anyways, I was having a grand old time drinking wine, having a great time. So by the time I had to go upstairs and redo my makeup and like get ready for my appearance at 1030 PM, huh? I was like, woo, I'm feeling definitely a little tipsy. <laughs> More than woo. <laughs> I was like, I need some food. You were woo woo. Yeah. I need Nikki thinks she's funny. She made a video of me and I guess like Nikki was right in front of me. And um, I'm like, Nikki. She's like, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. I'm like, where's Chanel? She's like, she's doing your makeup right now, sweetie. I'm like, get Chanel in here. So yeah. Anyways, it was great. They, I remember them pulling my nylons on me, like yeah. Croy and Nikki, like, Yep, got you dressed and got my got me dressed. I had, she up. took my wig off my head, curled it on the mannequin, put it back on. Janelle didn't even redo my whole face, and then I was pretty much sober. So when I went to the club, I did a couple shots with fans. Yep, and um, and that was it. It was really really fun. the The lady who does like kind of all the events and books the talent and that kind of thing for you know Mohegan Sun and other places was really really cool. She has a five month old baby, and I just want to like steal him. He's so cute. Um, so I kind of hung out with her and chitty chatted, and I don't I don't know. We just had a really good time. And so after that, um, you know, back to the casino I go. Like, come on, it's obvious, right? <laughs> so Croy had been drinking in the club. Yeah, Croy had been drinking kind of in the club or whatever. And so we get to the slot machines, and I give Nikki some money. I'm like, just go play. Like, get lost. Like, Croy's like, let's go get changed and cleaned up or whatever. Because I don't like to gamble either with a lot of people around me. I just like it to. I like to be in my own space. And even usually when I have security, I don't even really have them directly behind me because I do believe in energy and putting everything out there and and into the machine. So. Nikki kind of left, Janelle left, and then guess what? Croy falls asleep. So Croy's snoring in the chair. Croy, I can call Brian right now. Like I was resting my eyes. Okay, well, so I'm gambling by myself. I'm winning. You're not by yourself. I'm definitely watching over you. 
No, you're not, Brian. Spirit. Okay, well, no, you're not. Yeah. So I hit I jackpot pick, after. If you want to gamble, you guys. If you want to gamble, you guys. Mohegan Sun in Connecticut is the move. I have always won there. <laughs> always. Yeah. So I kicked ass, you guys. And then my one machine wasn't taking my money, so they had to come and take the whole money thing out and fix it. So I hopped over to this other section and I left Croy in the chair with, with the um with Brian, our security. And so I'm playing my machine and Croy kind like kind of stumbles over. I'm like, Oh, what are you doing? He gets in the chair next to me and he's out. I'm like, Open your eyes and look at my machine. You're giving me good luck. And every time he'd open his eyes, I'd hit. I'm like, Open your eyes <laughs> and so he's like i just shook his shit okay and i'm like just forget it so anyways by 5 30 in the morning 5 30 y'all i'm exhausted so it's, she like, want, she's making fun of me for resting my eyes at the slot machine it's <laughs> 5 30 at like one o'clock a.m in the morning 5 30 a.m guys kaya's up here with her mask on laughing her butt off and i day. had we had we had flown. We had driven across the town. We had driven to Mohegan. We had gambled. We I had were in LA dressed. two weekends in a row. We yep. were in Arizona. So we were we're like running on empty yeah. pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> so I know. She, so she starts her night at close to twelve, and she's making fun of me for resting. I don't know eyes. how I. No, I was just drinking water, you guys. I don't know. How, I don't yeah. know how I made it up the stairs. And then when I got to the room, Corey gets in the bed and just gets in the bed. I'm like, where's my face cream? <laughs> He's like, oh no! I'm like, usually he like has my stuff laid out. No, no, sure didn't. So I'm like, wanted to cry. I'm like, I feel so bad. I feel like I'm swallowing razor blades. <laughs> it was terrible, you guys. I know you've all have been there and had nights like this. So I climbed in the bed and we were out like a light. And then I got up and wasn't really motivated to go gambling because I'm I'm up. I'm happy about it. Corey kept saying like, good job, you know. So all of a sudden. I have, I have to go gamble. And Croy's like, dude, what? I'm like, yeah, I've got to go gamble downstairs like right now. So let's pack up the room right now. He's like, all right. So everybody kind of it was like group effort. Nikki was kind of helping and Croy. And so we were packing up. And then he's, I said, well, I'm going to the slots. I'll just see you there. Like I had to go to the slots. I'd have no, f- well, I had, a, I have an idea why. So I head down to the slots with Brian, the security. And it's like, to me, the longest walk in history. Like I just, I want the slot like right in front of me. Like it was a far walk. So I sit down, I'm playing my machine. And so I'm, I'm not a huge risk taker in gambling, meaning when I hit a slot machine and um, like if it's top dollar, if you guys don't know what top dollar is, you play whatever, say you're playing $10, right? And you have to do two. So it'd be $20 or whatever. I do $100 slots or whatever, you guys, because I'm nuts. So um, $200 a spin. So I, I hit it and I get pretty like maybe six or eight spins in no i started to get a little irritated like maybe 10 and then it hits top dollar and i'm like "Ah!" like it's which is the bonus which is the bonus feature which means you're guaranteed to win money right now no matter what yeah and so they give you four offers you can take the offer the first one and or you can take the second one or the third one you can so you know, you have four offers that you can decide on, and they're going to be all different amounts. But you, you don't know what the you don't know so what the only, amounts are going to be. Yeah. Right? They only show you the first. If you decline it, you can't go back to the first. You have to either take the second or move on. Right. 
And so that makes me fucking nervous because like it's never 10,000, 20,000 or something like that off the no. jump, you know? So it was like 3,500, which I'm pretty, I've hit 3,500 a few times. Now don't get too excited, you guys, because it takes money to gamble. It takes money to play. So it wasn't like I just hit 3,500 right. and I'm up 3,500. Yeah. $100 yeah. And I get 3,500. But I'm up. I'm definitely up and I'm yeah. very happy about it. So. So I get top dollar, first offer 3500 I'm like, Brian, because it was Brian and I. I remember the night before, because Croy was asleep at the slots. It was Brian and I. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was totally Brian I and I. I was not sleeping. And then Croy was like, <laughs> and he's like, is he good? I'm like, yeah, he's fine. It was kind of like, not kind of a, like a little joke. And then we'd have to be quiet. The machines are loud. He's like, oh, man. I'm like, I know. So 3500 I look at Brian and look at, I'm like, no, I'm not feeling it. So I hit the second offer and it was 1500 25 2500 Yeah. I hit the third offer and it was 1500 And, and I'm like, like fuck. fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, God. You should have taken that 3500 <laughs> Yeah, and then, but at this point, I'm already up and right. I'm so happy and I just, I love being back home that I'm like, let's just take, go let's it. go for it. I very rarely do this. And you guys, it, so it drops. Well, it a, tricked us. It tricked us. It dropped $1,000 down. Yeah. Times two. Well, no. It dropped a thousand, and I was like, "Oh, oh fuck, man. a thousand dollars!" Yeah, we, we, it couldn't have got any worse. We had dropped the whole thing, but then all of a sudden, it dropped these little multipliers times two, times five, yeah. ten thousand dollars. I'm like, ah! screaming through the fucking casino like an idiot. Everybody's watching, and so that would just put me in a great mood, right? So then I hop over to this machine that I had won on the night before. You guys, I was. Just ask, believe, receive. I was down to my last $300 to gamble with, okay? I brought the cash I brought. And I don't have a line of credit or marker or whatever there at Mohegan. And so I put in $200, and I'm like, Croy's going to wake up. And I'm like, dude, yeah, money's gone. Gamble it away. I guess we got to go to bed. Yeah, I guess we, we got to go to bed. Option. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I said, calling all angels. Calling all angels. Spun and hit. Like over twenty grand, which gave me my money back that I brought and ten more or less. So I was so stoked about the fact that I at least had my money back that I was at this point like you know, uh, let's. That, I think that's when we ended up going to bed, right? Or shortly thereafter, the night before. Yeah. So I went back down to this machine that I had played and won that won all my money back in that one spin, and I see somebody won triple sevens, the white triple sevens, which was which was two thousand dollars. I'm like, man, so. This machine has like a dice on the right-hand side. You can get a six, a five, a four, a three, a two, or a one. You want a six or a five. If you get a four, you get another spin, and it could be a six or a five. But six, you get a bonus, so you're guaranteed. It's like top dollar. You're guaranteed to get a number from the screen. And the numbers range anywhere from like $1,000 to like $100,000. So uh, long story short, I put my money in. It's expensive a spin. I'm not even going to tell you what it is, okay? Don't DM me. I'm not telling you. So... Uh, it's expensive. So I said, should I do it? Because it was on the six from the day before that I went on. And I'm like, you know what? No, they're not really listening to me. They're talking about something. And I'm like, well, fuck it. And I hit the button and I got it and I won. And I think I got 3,500, which was like the number of the night, the number of the day before. Yeah. So I got 3,500. Then I said, I, th- the funny thing about this machine is uh, it's a $200, you know, a spin. And so I put my $200 in and Usually you just hit max bet. That's all I'm used to doing. Max bet, max bet. Well, this machine, you have to hit bet one credit, bet another credit, and then hit spin because the machine's messed up. Mm -hmm. So the whole time that I was, the six was going, I'm like tapping the max bet and like pissed off that this machine will not, it won't do anything. It won't do anything. So I'm like, you dumbass. (coughs) So I do one credit, one credit and spin. 
hits a big jackpot, you guys. Like, it was my first spin. Yeah. I am, like, crying. Like, I'm just so excited. It's a really great feeling when you win because you know what? Uh, we haven't won in a very long time. So I love to start 2020 off this way. But again, you guys, I was at Mohegan when Brielle was, Ariana was six months old, so Brielle was like five, and I won a shit ton of money too. So, and then before that, I was gambling a little bit, not legally, and I would win. Um, so, and then I have to put it back in because how can I claim it? But anyway, so Mohegan's the jam. It was really, really fun. And um, we had a really, really great time, but we came home pretty sleepy and like hurting from alcohol. So we got McDonald's, the cure-all. Right. French fries and sweet and sour sauce are right. um, the move, you guys. So on a side note, this teacher that I told you guys about at Fusion Artistry that stopped in at the when I was getting my eyebrows done, she like kind of ran through the front desk operator lady and ran back to me and was like, I'm a huge fan. Oh, my God. I just saw your snap and I didn't even believe you were here. I just can't believe it. She was really, really sweet. And so I told her, like, if you want to get your eyebrows done, you know, it's on me. So... She was DMing me when I was on the plane, actually. And um, when I win, we all win is kind of how I feel. And so it, she happened to DM me. And she's like, I really want to get my eyebrows done. Let me know. And so I DM'd my or text my girl with the eyebrows. And she gave me a discount. And I bought this teacher her eyebrows. And she was, like, so excited. I'm so thankful for teachers and all that you guys do. And so this was just a fun way to kind of give back, um, which I thought was really cool. So... When you do win in anything in life, share it with others. That's what you're supposed to do. It's not just all, you know, in essence for you. We win every day. Do you have a bunch of stuff lying around the house that you just don't use? You know the kind of thing, a kid's baseball glove that no longer fits? A pair of jeans that was only worn once? I mean, who doesn't have an old phone hiding in a drawer somewhere? Let me tell you about the app you can use to sell your stuff. It's called Mercari. Mercari is a selling app that makes it fast and easy to sell almost anything. You simply take a few pics, add a description, and boom, your item is listed. Mercari will even email you a shipping label when it sells. Everything ships too, so there's no awkward meetups with strangers. The app has over 500,000 reviews on the App Store with an average of 4.8 star ratings, so why not give it a try? With millions of people using Mercari app in 50 states, stuff really sells well. You can sell everything from fashion to electronics, toys to sporting goods. Not only can you earn a few extra dollars, but you'll clear up your valuable space in your home. Over 150,000 items get listed every single day on Mercari. Santa has to get his gifts from somewhere. Why not from you? What are you waiting for? I know you've got stuff you don't use. Sell it, ship it, and get paid with Macari. You can find Macari on the App Store or at Macari.com. That's M-E-R-C-A-R-I, Macari, the selling app. So I have this email that I'm going to read, you guys. Or, Corey, actually, do you want to read it? Why don't you read it? Sure. Okay, baby. Read this sucker. It uh, subject is your podcast changed my life. Uh, this is from... A girl by the name of Jessica. Hi, Kim and Croy. I'm Jessica, and I'm a junior in college at UGA, so right down the road from y'all. I've been, sit- <clears throat> I've been sitting on this for a while, but I decided I needed to let you know just how much your podcast has really helped me move forward in my life. I've been fans of y'all for a long time, and I've been listening to the podcast since it started, but I never thought that it would make such a big impact. In 2018, I had one of the hardest years of my life. I was put through multiple family emergencies, faced a lot of rejection, as well as experienced a terrible living situation that caused me to take legal action. I was so defeated and felt like everything was falling apart. That's when I really started to practice the positive mentality and, quote, ask, believe, receive, unquote, motto that you preach. I swear... I swear, once I made that conscious effort to change my mindset, everything in my life started to fall into place. That's key right there. Conscious effort. 
It started small with things like getting parking spaces. Then things just started to work themselves out. And I even found myself in situations of abundance that I never thought I would be in. Just in the past couple of months, I've been able to pay off a lot of my debt, found a new place to live, got a new job with managers that I love, got my first semesters, <clears throat> first semester of straight A's, and even lined up a prestigious internship in California. I am so, so glad that I listened to your podcast and found the power of manifest- manifestation. I know there is still so much more to come. That's key right there, too. Right. Don't ever think that there's not more. There's always more. It can be a really fun game for you guys too to like just try something like I said a parking space or something simple and just kind of you know test it to see how the small things because a lot of times people don't believe in the big things and when you start to see the small things happen you're like well shit and so ask for bigger better and more Mm -hmm. exactly another key point here in this sentence but I'm so grateful for where I am today and I really attribute it to the things I learned from y'all. The key word there is grateful. You have to be grateful for an what attitude you of gratitude, baby, and everything that you're going to get in the future. So, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for everything that you do. Have a great rest of your day, and I hope the family as well. Thanks, Jessica. Thank you for taking the time to write that. That's really sweet of you, Jessica, and that's really exciting news. And you know, you could have just kept getting, you know, kind of going more and more down in this dark hole, and you didn't. You kind of realized, like, okay, enough is enough. How can I change this? And once you do change your mind frame and consciously make that decision, your life will completely change. I know that people um, say like, it's not that easy or, you know, people kind of have this mind frame. I promise you on my life, I've been there in my life that it really is. It's an attitude of gratitude. It's also, you know, attitude of gratitude is a big one, but it's also like sharing and giving to others what you get out, what you give out in this world, you get back double. And I don't mean that by like, if you give somebody 10, you're going to get 20. I mean, it in, in a sense of like what you give out in this world, like you genuinely give from your heart, it will come back to you tenfold. That's just the law of attraction and the way that it works. So for anybody listening out there, that's like, Oh, it's easy for Kim because she has, you know, six kids and a, her husband and a television show, and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't always this easy. Everything, I wrote this in my post on my Instagram post. I remember sitting in my house that I posted and writing in my journal that I would have my own TV show by the time I was 12. Like, I wholeheartedly wrote that. Nobody was even, like, I didn't want to be an actress, though, but I didn't care at that point. I didn't know this that I didn't want to be an actress till a little bit later on. But I wrote that in my journal. My mom has it. <laughs> but, um, so I wish I did. <laughs> But whatever. Um, and so I wrote that in my journal and I started on Housewives at 29 and I got my own show or my family show at 33. Um, and I'm just a small town girl from Windsor Locks, Connecticut. When we got our rent-a-car, Croy and I, and we were pulling out with our rent-a-car, the guy at the gate, this young kid, probably 25, are you don't be tardy? That cracks me up. I'm like, yeah, he's like, not here in Windsor Locks. I said, man, I grew up here. It is like, Really? So I hope my post gave everybody a little, you know, a little hope and, and like chase your dreams. You're only here for a very short, limited time. And some, I didn't know how the hell I was going to get here. I had no idea how I would end up on TV. And Real Housewives of Atlanta is the first television show ever out of Georgia. So how about that? Like, it's bananas. Like, there was nothing going on in Atlanta. Like, if you want to be an actress or you want to be on TV, you go to New York, you go to LA. Well, I went to Atlanta. And was like, I don't know how I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I want this so bad. And well, I got it. So 
I thank you for your email. That was amazing. And now, you guys, if you listened last week, it's a continuation. Uh, this week, 1,500 people give all the relationship advice you will ever, ever need. Pepsi Cola has always been a product that invokes enjoyment. And in spite of the judgment that can now accompany its consumption, it is and has always been a refreshingly delicious indulgence. We believe the most enjoyable life is one that's free from constraints. Create moments of unapologetic enjoyment, like no one's watching and nothing is holding you back. You are free, free to do what you love, not what you should. Celebrate out loud when your team scores a touchdown, even if the whole stadium hears you. Watch the fifth straight episode of Netflix, even if you should be getting dressed to start your dance. Dance with abandon at your neighborhood birthday party, even if you're the only one. Belt out your favorite song with the car windows down, especially when stuck in traffic. Be you, don't hold back, as being true to yourself will enable you to live your best possible life. Be free from judgment and full of joy. Live every day confidently, fearlessly, full on. Pepsi, that's what I like. Okay, you guys, so now we're on to you and your partner will grow and change in unexpected ways. Embrace it. Over the course of 20 years, we both have changed tremendously. We have chained faith face, political parties, numerous hair colors, (laughs) and styles, but we love each other and possibly even more than we once did. Our grown kids constantly tell their friends what hopeless romantics we are. And the biggest thing that keeps us so strong is not giving a fuck about what anyone else has to say about our relationship. We definitely don't give a fuck. Right. We definitely don't. One thing that came up repeatedly, especially with those married 20 plus years, was how much each individual changed as the decades roll on and how ready each of you are to embrace those changes. I need to embrace change i'm not a big fan of it but anyway one reader commented that at her wedding an elderly family member told her one day many years from now you'll wake up and your spouse will be a different person make sure you fall in love with that person too that's cute it follows that if there is bedrock of respect for each individual's interests and values undermining or underpinning not undermining i just start making it up underpinning the relationship and each individual is encouraged to foster their own growth and development that each person will as time goes on evolve in different unexpected ways it is then up to the couple to communicate and make sure that they are constantly aware of the changes going on in their partner and by continuously accepting and respecting those changes as they occur i think that's hard for people yeah I do. I I don't know that that's such an easy one. But when you can like, I think it has to get bad before it gets like worse, basically, for people to be like, okay, uh, they're changing a little bit. Like, am I okay with it? Yeah, it's like, I feel like it's so easy to just kind of throw in the towel. Well, and I think too, those, if somebody's changing without necessarily, like an extreme example would be, let's just say when you met the person, you got married, that they were a headstrong worker and they came home, they were family oriented. And then all of a sudden they just go from that extreme to like wanting to go out with their buddies and in the nightclub every night. And I tell you, I tell you to fuck off. Right. Like that type of change is <laughs> <Bye> not <Croy. laughs> right. That type of change is not what we're referring to. No. And, and it's not, uh, it's, it's a change that's not based off of a partnership. It's a change based off of somebody being selfish, I think. Right. Uh, because it's not going to be conducive to a marriage and put that marriage in, in a place of, being able to flourish so that's relative i feel like that change is relative right it says i'm not talking about the small stuff i'm talking some pretty serious life changes remember if you're going to spend decades together some really heavy will hit and break the fan among other major life changes people told me their marriages went through and survived were changing religions moving countries death of family members including children supporting elderly family members changing political beliefs even changing sexual orientation huh and in a couple of cases, realigning gender identification. How does your marriage survive through changing sexual orientation? I'm so confused. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, Karai. Well, 
Okay. <laughs> Amazing these couples survive because their respect for each other allowed them to adapt and allow each person to continue to flourish and grow. When you commit to someone, you don't actually know who you're committing to. You know who they are today, but you have no idea who this person is going to be in five years, ten years. You have to be prepared for the unexpected and truly ask yourself if you admire this person regardless of the superficial and not so superficial details. Because I promise almost all of those details at some point are going to change one way or another. That's from Michael. Be open to the amount of change isn't easy, of course. In fact, it'll be downright soul-destroying at times, and that is why we need to make sure you and your partner know how to fight. Eight, get good at fighting. The relationship is a living, breathing thing, much like a body and muscles. It cannot get stronger without stress and challenge. You have to fight. You have to hash things out. Obstacles make the marriage. John Gottman is a hot shit psychologist and researcher who spent over 30 years analyzing married couples, looking for keys to why they stick together and why they break up. In fact, when it comes to why do people stick together, he dominates the field. What Gottman does in his get in is get, let me start the hell over. What Gottman does is he gets married couples in a room, puts some cameras on them, and then he asks them to have a fight. Notice he doesn't ask them to talk about how great the other person is. He doesn't ask them what they like best about their relationship. He asks them to fight. They're told to pick something that they're having a problem with and talk about it on camera. Gottman then analyzes the couple's discussion or shouting match and is able to predict with startling accuracy whether or not the couple will divorce. But what's most interesting about Gottman's research is that the things that lead to divorce are not necessarily what you might imagine. He found that successful couples, like unsuccessful couples, fight constantly, and some of them fight furiously. Gottman has been able to narrow down four characteristics of couples that tend to lead to divorce or breakups. He has gone on and called these the four horsemen of the relationship's apocalypse, sorry, Mm -hmm. apocalypse Mm -hmm. in his books. One, criticizing your partner's character, you're stupid, versus that thing you did was stupid. Defensiveness or basically blame shifting. I wouldn't have done that if if it... if you weren't late at all, uh, all the time, what the fuck is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Defensiveness for basically blame shifting. I wouldn't have done that if you weren't late all the time. Three, contempt, putting down your partner and making them feel inferior. Four, stonewalling, withdrawing from an argument and ignoring your partner. The reader emails you all sent back. The reader emails you all sent back this up as well. Oh, back this up as well. Mm-hmm. I was reading it wrong. Back yeah. this up as well. Out of the 1,500 I received, almost every single one referenced the importance of dealing well with conflict. Advice given by readers include never insult or name call your partner, put an, put another way, hate the sin, love the sinner. Gottman's research found that contempt, belittling, and demeaning is a number one predictor of divorce. Do not bring previous fights or arguments into the current one. This solves nothing and just makes a fight twice as bad. You forgot to pick up groceries on the way home, but what does that really mean being rude to your mother last thanksgiving have to do with it or you being rude Mm -hmm. to your mother last thanksgiving Mm -hmm. have to do with it or anything else if things get too heated take a breather remove yourself from the situation and come back once emotions have cooled off this is a big one for me personally sometimes when things get intense with my wife i get overwhelmed and i just leave i usually walk around the block two or three times let myself seethe for a minute then i come back and we're both a bit calmer and we can resume the discussion with a better tone Remember that being right is not as important as both people feeling respected and heard. You may well be right, but if you're right in such a way that makes your partner feel unloved, there's no real winner. I'm always right, by the way. Right, Corey? <laughs> but all of this takes takes for granted another important point, the willingness to fight in the first place. When people talk about the necessity for good communication all the time, this is what they should mean. Be willing to have uncomfortable talks, be willing to have fights, say the ugly things, and get it all out in the open. This is a constant theme from the divorce readers dozen had more or less the same sad story to tell. But there's no way on God's green earth this is her fault alone. There were times when I saw huge red flags. Instead of trying to figure out what in the world was wrong, I just plowed ahead. I'll buy more flowers or candies or do more chores around the house. I was a quote-unquote good husband in every sense of the word. But what I wasn't doing was paying attention to the right things. And instead of saying something, I ignored all the signals. As we told you last week, we are so excited that our show is now available to stream free on Spotify. If you haven't tried listening there yet, it's free to download and use Spotify on any device. It's a great listening experience, and you can go straight from listening to 
to Post Malone and switch right over to our podcast in the same app. Just search for our show on Spotify to start listening for free. And remember, it's totally free, even if you're not a premium member. Nine, get good at forgiveness. When you end up being right about something, shut up. No, I cannot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a work in progress. You can be right and be quiet at the same time. Your partner will already know you're right and will feel love knowing that you (laughs) didn't wield it like a, a bastard sword. That's from Brian. In marriage, there's no such thing as winning an argument. That's from Bill. Perhaps the most interesting nugget from Gottman's research is the fact that most successful couples don't actually resolve all their problems. In fact, his findings were completely backwards from what people actually expect. People in lasting and happy relationships have problems that never go away, while couples that feel as though they need to agree and compromise on everything end up feeling miserable and falling apart. This comes back to the respect thing. If you have two different individuals sharing a life together, it's inevitable that they will have different values and perspective on some things and clash over them. The key here is not to change the other person as the desire to change your partner is inherently disrespectful to both them and yourself, but rather is to simply abide by the differences, love it despite it, and when things get a little rough around the edges, to forgive them for it. Everyone says that compromise is key, but that's not how my husband and I see it. It's more about seeking understanding. Compromise is bullshit because it leaves both sides unsatisfied. Losing little pieces of themselves in an effort to get along. On the other hand, refusing to compromise is just as much as a disaster because you turn your partner into a competitor. I win, you lose. These are the wrong goals because they they are outcomes-based rather than process-based. When your goal is to find out where your partner is coming from, to truly understand on a deep level, you can't help but be altered by the process. Conflict becomes much easier to navigate because you see the context, says Michelle. Yeah, but I think if like your partner's dishonest that you can't communicate effectively and, and like trust that person's answers, I think there's things that kind of come in context with all of these things. I think these are all great if it just pertains to the fact that he doesn't like to do the dishes and sits on the couch after work and drinks beer. Like I think there's, you know, can be underlining maybe things, but let me just keep going here. I've written regularly that the key to, to happiness is not achieving your lofty dreams or experiencing some dizzy and high, but rather finding the struggles and challenges that you enjoy and you enjoy enduring. It's the same in relationships. Your perfect partner is not someone who has no problems in the relationship. Rather, your perfect partner has problems that you feel good about dealing with. But how do you get good at forgiveness? What does that actually mean? Here's what the readers had to say. When an argument is over, it's over. That's tough for me. What? (laughs) I don't forget (laughs) shit. Some couples went as far as to make this golden rule in their relationship. When you're done fighting, it doesn't matter who was right and who was wrong. It doesn't matter if someone was mean and someone was nice. It's over. And you both have to agree to leave it there and not bring it up every month for the next 100 years. (sighs) I don't know if I can agree to that shit. There's no scoreboard. No one's trying to win. Yes, I am. I'm trying to win. There's no you owe me this because you screwed up the laundry last week. There's no I am right about financial stuff, so you should listen to me. There's no I bought her three gifts and she only did me one favor. (laughs) Everything in relationships should be given and done unconditionally. That is without expectation of reward or manipulation of feelings. I don't like a scorecard, too. Like, that's like the, the, you know... I bought you three gifts. You only did me one favor or you did the laundry last week. I don't like a scorecard. I think that that's definitely like you're just headed for disaster when you're like, you know what? I took the dogs out three times yesterday. Right. You know, I think that should definitely. I think think where somebody maybe gets to a point if they're keeping a scorecard is because the other partner's not participating. Participating. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they, so they started out giving the, unconditionally whether it was chores or gifts or love or affection or touch or time all those things they gave those unconditionally but then all of a sudden they realized like i'm not getting anything back there that my partner's just taking 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 yeah, there's givers and takers right and they're like but you never know maybe they're exhausted maybe they're so there's always you know listen this is just kind of the foundation of things but you know i feel like people that have been married a very, much longer than you know two years five years ten years even 
um, this can all apply and it sounds hunky dory, but not every situation is the same. So, no. um, and this is interesting here. When your partner screws up, you separate the intentions from the behavior. You recognize the things you love and admire in your partner and understand that he or she was simply doing the best that they could yet messed up out of ignorance. This happened not because they're a bad person, not because they secretly hate you and want to divorce you, not because there's somebody else in the background pulling them away from you. They are a good person. That you, that's why you're with them. If you ever lose faith in their goodness, then you will begin to erode your faith in yourself. And finally, pick your battles wisely. You and your partner only have so many to give. Make sure you both are saving them for the real things that really, truly matter. Been happily married 40 years over one piece of advice that comes to mind. Choose your battle. Some things are worth getting upset over. Most do not. Argue over little things and you find yourself arguing endlessly. Little things pop up all day long. It takes a toll over time, like Chinese water torture. Minor in the short term, corrosive over time. Consider, is this little thing or big thing? Is it worth the cost of arguing? Fred, I wonder if that's Uncle Fred. 10. <laughs> the little things add up to big things. If you don't take the time to meet for lunch, go for a walk, go out to dinner, or a movie with some regularity, then you're basically ending up with a roommate. Staying connected through li- life's up and downs is critical. Eventually, your kids grow up, your obnoxious brother in law <laughs> basically goes away. And your parents will die. When that happens, guess who's left? You got it, Mr. or Mrs. Wright. You don't want to wake up in 20 years and be staring at a stranger because life broke the bonds you formed before the storm started. That's dope, mm-hmm. Brian. Um, I think that's very, very true. Um, that's not been happening here uh, lately because of the flu. <laughs> uh, of the many responses I got, we get up at different times, like with the alarm, like every two hours. It's quite fun. Um I'd say about half of them mentioned one simple but effective piece of advice. Don't ever stop doing the little things. They add up. Um, like, I'm big on this. It's like, I tell Croy, like, oh, this guy was so sweet what he did for Braille. He's like, he's so thoughtful. So I like people that are thoughtful. It's kind of like a running joke between us. But I think if you really pay attention to somebody, then they see that. They feel it. It's not just like... I don't know. I, I, yeah, it's it's like the little things that really matter to them or, you know. Uh, but it's tough. Sometimes you got to take a step back. You get so engulfed, you know, your children and the house and your jobs that like the little things like not going out to dinner on Valentine's Day because you're just exhausted. We didn't go to dinner. We gambled. And I'm, I was totally fine with that. Um, oh, yeah. But you're still taking me to dinner. But um, well, How about you're taking me to dinner because we did what you wanted to do on Valentine's Day. No, but it's a girl's holiday, remember? Well, we, that's that's TBD. I won. I won. After decades of making our name as a nation's leading carryout only pizza chain, Little Caesars is proud to announce its latest venture, Delivery. For years, they've brought customers delicious pizza at ridiculously good prices. So look out, world. Something delicious is coming. Little Caesars has huge news. They really do deliver now. From the creators of the $5 hot and ready pizza and the extra most bestest comes the latest and greatest pizza innovation, having it brought to your doorstep. Crazy, crazy amounts of topping at the nation's best price now delivered. You can get the same Little Caesars pizza you love brought right to your door. Order it online or on the Little Caesars app. Now you don't even have to leave your house to enjoy our hot, delicious pizza. Claim of the nation's best price is based on the comparison of the following pizza for the top four national pizza chains. Little Caesars custom top pizza with up to five of our toppings and the other three pizza chains comparable large round standard menu custom top pizzas sold at everyday menu prices. Delivery available at participating locations only. Delivery fees apply. (laughs) So anyways, um, of the many responses I got, I think I just read this, but say about half of them mentioned one simple but effective piece. Don't ever stop doing, yeah, the little things. Things are as simple as saying I love you before you go to bed, holding hands during movie, doing small favors here and there, helping with household chores even cleaning up when you accidentally pee on the toilet seat thank you cry for always doing that it's the dog that drinks out of the toilet bowl Mm -hmm. that leaves the slobber he can't clean himself up 
he's a mess. We, Seriously, we someone him. said that actually peeing on the toilet seat. My husband does that every time. What? Clean, I lift up, up half the time. Well, oh, if, if you I, do, yeah. like you're always clean, wiping oh, it no yeah. matter what. I think yeah. it's a thing. Yeah. KJ's into it. Cash doesn't give two shits, and Kane aims perfectly every time. It's bizarre. <laughs> um, anyhow, things that matter and they all add up over the long run. The same way Fred, married for forty plus years, said that arguing over small things constantly wears you both down. This becomes particularly important once kids enter the picture. The big message I heard hundreds of times about kids was put your marriage first. My mom and dad taught me this. Put your marriage first. Brielle and Ariana were so pissed off when I told them this because if you don't have a solid foundation and a solid solid marriage, you cannot be a great parent. I mean, period. Children are worshipped in our culture. Parents are expected to sacrifice everything for them. But the best way to raise half healthy, happy kids is to maintain a healthy and happy marriage. Good kids don't make a good marriage. A good marriage makes good kids. So keep your marriage a top priority. 100% agree. I knew my marriage... My parents' marriage was a top priority over me and my brother. There was no question in my mind. How about you, Croy? Nope. Readers well, were, Yeah. No, I wouldn't. Mm-mm. Readers weren't insistent about maintaining regular date nights, planning weekend getaways, and making time for sex, even when you're tired, even when you're stressed and exhausted and the baby is crying, even when Junior has a soccer practice at 5.30 the next day. Make time for it. It's worth it. 11, be practical and create relationship rules. There is no 50-50 in house cleaning, child rearing, vacation planning, dishwasher, emptying, gift buying, dinner making, money making. The sooner everyone accepts that, the happier everyone is. We all have things we like to do and hate to do. We all have things we are good at and not so good at. Talk to your partner about those things when it comes to dividing and conquering all the crap that has to get done in life. I don't think we have that at all. It just is what it is every day changes like like you let out the dogs i let out the dogs right. you know like yeah. yeah see a job just it gets done but you know what the problem is with croy <laughs> is that like so if croy's really tired in the bed in the morning i'm like oh you know i'll take the kids like, no daddy's gotta come daddy's oh my god no i can't go to school without dad and i'm like for god's sakes so the boys freak out thanks kaya for always sticking by me girl um but things like that like Tonight, Cash is putting Legos together, and I'm like, Cash, I'll have no idea, Dad. You're not going to understand it. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. most people have an image in their mind about how a relationship will work. For many, it's that both people share responsibilities, manage, both manage to finally balance their time together with the time for themselves, pursuing, engaging, and invigorating interests on their own, and then share the benefits together. Both take turns cleaning the toilet and blowing each other and cooking gourmet lasagna for the extended family at Thanksgiving. Hopefully not all at the same time. Then there's how relationships actually should work. Chaotic, stressful, miscommunication, flying everywhere so that both of you feel as though you're in a perpetual state of talking to the wall. The fact is relationships are imperfect, messy affairs, and it's for the simple reasons that they're compromised of imperfect, messy people, people who want different things at different times in different ways. The common theme of advice about the logistics of running a relationship was be pragmatic. If the wife is a lawyer and spends 50 hours at the office every week and the husband is an artist and can work from home most days, it makes more sense for him to handle most of the day-to-day parenting duties. If the wife's standard of cleanliness makes a home and garden catalog look like a novel and the husband has gone six months without even noticing the light fixture (laughs) hanging from the ceiling, then it makes sense that the wife handles more of the home cleaning duties. Division of labor makes everyone better off. Figure out what you are each good at, what you each love and hate doing, and then arrange accordingly. My wife loves cleaning. No, seriously, but she hates smelly stuff. So guess who gets dishes and garbage duty? I don't give a f- I'll eat off the same plate several times in a row. I could smell a dead rat even if it was sleeping under my pillow. On top of that, many couples suggested laying out rules for the relationships more generally. To what degree will you share finances? How much debt will you take on or pay off? How much can each person spend without consulting the other? What purchases to be done together? Do you trust each other to shop separately? How do you decide which vacations to go on? Having meetings about this stuff, sure, is not sexy or cool, but it needs to get done. You're sharing a life together, so you need to plan and account for each other's needs and resources. One person even said that she and her husband have an annual review every year. She immediately told me not to laugh, but seriously, this couple has annual reviews where they 
they discuss everything that's going on in the house and what they can do in the coming year to change the things that aren't working. Even if you think this sort of thing sounds lame, it's what keeps the couple in touch with each other. And because they always have their fingers on the pulse of each other's needs, they're more likely to grow together rather than grow apart. 12 is learn to ride the waves. I've been married for 44 years, four children, six grandchildren. I think the most important thing that I've learned in those years is that you, that the love you feel for each other is constantly changing. Sometimes you feel a deep love and satisfaction. Other times you want nothing to do with your spouse. Sometimes you laugh together. Sometimes you're screaming. It's like a roller coaster ride up and down all the time. But as you, as you stay together long enough, the downs become less severe and the ups are more loving and content. So even if you feel like you could never love your partner anymore, that can change. If you give it a chance, I think people give up too soon. You need to be the kind of person that you want your spouse to be. When you do that, it makes a world of difference. Out of a hundred emails that I received, one stuck with me. A nurse wrote to me to say that she used to work with a lot of geriatric patients. One day she was talking to a man in his late eighties about marriage and why his had lasted so long. I used to do this too all Mm -hmm. the time. I loved it. This guy, James Gross was Mm. my patient and he would smoke cigarettes outside and I would too. And we would just chitty chat about life and he was amazing, (laughs) but he loved women. So... Mm -hmm. Um, and that was, you know, 17, 18 years ago. Um, he said his relationship exists, exists as waves. People need to learn how to ride them. The old man went on to say that just like the ocean, there are constant waves of emotion going on within a relationship. Some waves last for hours, some last for months or even years. The key to success is to understand the few of those waves have nothing to do with the quality of the relationship. People lose, lose jobs, family members die, couples relocate, switch careers, make a lot of money, lose a lot of money. Your job as a committed partner is simply ride the wave with the person you love regardless of where you go because ultimately none of these waves last and you simply end up with each other. Two years ago, I suddenly began resenting my wife for a number of reasons. I felt as if we were Floating along, doing a great job of coexisting and co-parenting, but not sustaining a real connection. It deteriorated to the point that I considered separating from her. However, whenever I gave the matter intense thought, I could not pinpoint a single issue that was a deal breaker. I knew her to be an amazing person, mother and friend. I bit my tongue a lot and held out hope that basically this would pass. And um, suddenly it had arrived. Fortunately, it did, and I love her more than ever. So the final bit of wisdom is to afford your spouse the benefit of the doubt. If you've been happy for such a long period, that is a case for good reason. Be patient and focus on the many aspects of her that still exist that caused you to fall in love in the first place. I'd like to take a moment to thank all of my readers who took the time to write something and send something. As always, it was humbling to see the wisdom and life experiences out there. There were many, many, many excellent responses filled with kind, heartfelt advice. It was hard to choose the ones that ended up here, and in many cases, I could have put a dozen different quotes that said almost the same exact thing, which I think is really, really cool. Um, <coughs> exercises like this amaze me because when you ask thousands of people for advice on something you expect to receive thousands of different answers but I've done this on another subject and in both cases the vast majority of the advice has largely overlapped it shows you how similar we really are and how no matter how bad things get we are never uh, as alone as we think I would end this by summarizing the advice in one tidy section but once again a reader named Margot did it far better than I ever could you can work through anything as long as you're not destroying yourself or each other. That means emotionally, physically, financially, or spiritually. Making nothing off limits to discuss. Never shame or mock each other for things you do that make you happy. Write down why you fell in love and read it every year on your anniversary or more often. Write love letters to each other. Put each other first. When kids arrive, it'll be easy to fall into a frenzy of making them the only focus of your life. Do not forget the love that produced them. You must keep that love alive and strong to feed them love. Spouse come first. Each of you will continue to grow, bringing the other one with you. Be the one that welcomes that growth. Don't think that the other one will hold the relationship together. Both of you should assume it's up to you so that you're both willing to work on it. Be passionate about cleaning house, preparing meals, and taking care of your home. This is required of everyone daily. Make it fun and happy and do it together. Don't complain about your partner to anyone. Love them for who they are. Make love even when you're not in the mood. Trust each other. Give each other the benefit of the doubt. Be transparent. Have nothing to hide. Be proud of each other. Have a life outside of each other, but share it through conversation. Pamper and adore each other. Go to counseling now before you need to so that you're both open to work working on a relationship together. Disagree with respect to each other's feelings. Be open to change and accepting of differences. Bring this and refer to it daily. 
Interesting. How to stop f***ing up romantic relationships. Relationships can be complicated and difficult, but few people know that there are some pretty clear signals to know if a relationship is going to work or not. Um, that was a really dope article that Corey found. Mm-hmm. And I actually read the guy's book that did this, um, going, or read about his stuff. Gottman um, or this yeah, guy? Yeah, Gottman. Is that a Gottman theory? Or the, yeah, I re- I've read about that before several yeah. times, and I've actually watched it. Um, he has some videos on it that are mm-hmm. really cool that I've seen, um, which kind of cracks me up and makes me laugh. But um, I guess, you know... Yeah, the Gottman all, method, I think, is what yeah. it is. Yeah. All of this is fun and dandy, like I said, and, and it really does work. And this is advice from people that have been married 40-plus years. And like I said, I think everybody in relationships deals with different things, different situations, um, and have to cross many different paths and... and do it together. So um, this is just some helpful information that maybe will change your outlook on your relationship or take that, you know, hate and rage to something else. My girlfriend, Jennifer Stano posted this tonight on Instagram and I took a screenshot for you guys. And this is what it says. Hate has four letters. So does love enemies has seven letters. So does friends lying has five letters. So does truth negative has eight letters. So does positive under has five. So does above. Cry has three letters, so does joy. Anger has five letters, so does happy. Right has five letters, so does wrong. Hurt has four letters, so does heal. It means life is like a double-edged sword, so transform every negative side into an aura of positivity. We should choose the better side of life. And I think that's true, and I think you can really turn things around. I've had friends go through some horrible things in their relationship, and they're still together today, um, and very you know happy and and they're doing great. Um, didn't think they were going to make it and they did. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, everybody's situation is different. This was just to help you guys out. And you can listen to last week's podcast on the first part of, um, this gentleman's article. I think that's really, really helpful. Um, and when you get real pissed off and instead of taking a walk around the block, you can, um, either sit in your car and listen to this podcast or put some earphones in, take a walk around the block and listen to this podcast. (laughs) Maybe you won't kill your husband or wife. So anyways, you guys, okay. Golden nugget this week, you guys, I, I know you think I'm crazy. It's the golden nugget. You win. But it's true. I Brielle sent me a picture of a lady's uh, article where she put regular potatoes cut up into little cubes on a string around her grandson's neck because he had 102.9 fever for days. Couldn't get rid of it. She heard of this old remedy. She put it on him and he... Instantly, you know, within a few hours, went down to 98.5 and never went back up again. And the potatoes turned black. At this point, I'm very stressed. Like, I know what can happen. The problem with having a medical background is you know what can happen. And so I try to block that out and not uh, remember it. But I can't help when it gets so bad. Like, Croy telling me Kane's temperature the other night was like, what is it? Like, a part of me didn't want to know. And, and then the other part is like, I, I have to know so I can fix it. But it's very, it's been very stressful. So I was willing to try anything. I appreciate all of your advice as well, you guys. Um, and we did it. And so the first day that I thought about it was like Monday, I think, right? Monday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought about it on Monday. We made them, um, we put them on Kai and Kane and then Kane's fever was really, really high. So we put Kane in the bath and then we realized that they were kind of getting a little wet, but not too bad. And I was like, sit up buddy, you know, but he's pissed cause the bath water is lukewarm and he, they both like their water super hot. Mm-hmm. He was in the bathtub like literally an hour and a half. We could not get these fevers to go down. Tylenol wasn't working. Motrin was, but Motrin's only every, what, eight out, six to eight hours. Mm-hmm. And Tylenol was obviously in between. Um, so that night, again, Kane, high, high fever in the bathtub again, three o'clock in, or one o'clock in the morning till three, checking his fever. It's just not. So it wasn't really going down. So yesterday morning, or was that this morning? I can't even remember. No, yesterday 
morning. We made him a brand new potato necklace. Yeah, we, did. Yeah. we took Kaya's off, made her a brand new one, made Kane one. His fever dropped considerably, and he's not been higher than like 100.8. Yeah. Nine. Hasn't reached a 101. Yet. Yeah, and he's kept it on. This morning, you guys, his potatoes were black as Croy's shirt that he's wearing. So people are like, you do know if you leave a potato on the counter, it's going to ripen. Well, I know this, but guess what Croy did? He We had some extra potato left over, and he left it on the counter, and it was like a little tinge of brown, but like, no, it looked perfect. Yeah. Nothing like 12 hours later, like their necklaces. Nothing. So if you have a child, you guys, that, that have a fever, um, I guess it helps with colds as well and viruses and bacteria in the system. Make that. Croy used fishing line mm-hmm. and um, a needle, just like sewing. And he stuck it through each and every potato. And then you tie it pretty close to their neck so that the potatoes can physically like rest on their neck and on their skin closer, kind of up to their neck for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And you leave it on. And somebody asked me tonight, like they don't in my DMs, like they don't sleep with it. No, they did. And I'm a weirdo about that. No necklaces to bed. Like I'm, I'm just definitely strange about that. But I definitely let them go to sleep because it's kept their fever down. Mm-hmm. So we have new necklaces on today and we're good as gold. Um, we've been doing really, really well. I swear by this, you guys, I mean, they worked. So I know people are, you know, their potatoes. I've heard potatoes and onions. You can also mm-hmm. put potatoes in their socks. A lot of people, um, this lady said, I'm Hispanic and I have always done this with my children. My mom did it with me, so forth and so on. Um, we They put potato slices on their foreheads all mm-hmm. the way around to their temples and they put a bandana around it and that knocks out the fever. Mm-hmm. I've never had to deal with fevers that weren't going down or were that, that were this high mm-hmm. ever in my life. Yeah. And so... I'm like I'm stressed and exhausted, y'all. Honestly, I'm sure you can probably uh, tell in my voice. So um, I always get stressed and paranoid anyway. Yeah, definitely. I realized going through this whole like paranoid thing and the fevers of like 104.8 by ear and and all these things that we're going through. I was like, I don't want to know. Like I started getting so stressed out and anxiety. I was like, dude, I need I like have some PSTD stuff from the cash incident that I'm going to work on this year for sure because I just avoid it. And the doctor in California reminded me that I avoid claustrophobia and like really dealing with it. And I avoid the anxiety that I feel over any kind of situation that isn't normal. Like, so Kane having a high fever, I'm, I'm, I won't go over there and take his temperature because I'm freaked out and like scared. Or like when Kane's go-kart, I couldn't walk over there and like check on him, even though I really wanted to. So yeah, we're gonna, uh, I'm gonna work on that this year and find somebody. I don't know if it's like, I don't even know who kind of deals with that. Um, but yeah, we're gonna be working on that because it's getting worse. So anything else you want to say, babe? No. That was a fantastic find, and let me tell you guys one more thing. There's all kinds of remedies, but that seemed to work great. And and there's, I mean, there's elderberry, there's the bath. Obviously, that's tried and true. There's also this stuff that my chiropractor recommended. It's O S C I L L O C O C C I N U M. And it is um, certified homeopathic. Certified homeopathic for flu-like symptoms: body aches, headaches, fevers, chills, fatigue, um, non-drowsy, no drug interactions. Safe for children two and up. Works naturally with your body. You guys, we've all been taking this and have been healthy. Thank you, God. Mm -hmm. So, um, you can get it on Amazon. It's a really big option. It's a white box with kind of orange on top. I posted it on my Instagram, but I don't know when this podcast is actually going to go up for you guys to see it, but lots of fluids. Um, and don't force the kids to eat. Honestly, I think that's a big thing too. I don't force the kids to eat when they want to eat. They will. They didn't eat for two days. Um, 
and they're fine. And Kane, just drink. He's drink, so drink. sweet, you guys. He's be in the bathtub and he's like shivering. <laughs> I'm like, Kane, you good? He's like, I'm great. I'm like, oh my god, he's, I just want to eat him. And then Kaya, you guys, was up here a little while ago, and I said, Kaya, let's take a picture. She has her mask on, so she took a picture, and I was just taking a picture of her. She pulled her mask down, made a kissy face, and put it back up so Corey wouldn't see her, and it was hysterical. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of House of Kim. We'll be back next week. Have a great one. Thanks for listening to House of Kim with Kim Zolciak Bierman. Catch new episodes every Wednesday exclusively on PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you love the show, don't forget to leave a rating and review. We've got some great advertisers on our show this week, and by supporting them, you're helping us continue to bring your awesome content for free. So please check them out. A huge thank you to the sponsors for this week. They are Pepsi. That's what I like. Mercari. If you have things you don't use, sell them, ship them, and get paid. Check out Mercari on the App Store or on Mercari.com. Little Caesars Hot and Ready Pizza now delivers. Be sure to check out the episode notes for more information on our amazing sponsors. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 